It's my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. As you're being seated, if you would, turn your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 8. The book of Acts, chapter 8. In December, pastor has challenged us to believe God for a doubling in 2024. With the Lord, all things are possible, but that requires that we also do our part. Today's message is about the miracle of the Holy Spirit. Now I realize that as a part of the family of Faith Christian Center, we have people from every kind of denomination. And so when I say that today's message is about the Holy Spirit, don't be nervous. Tell your neighbors, say, don't be nervous. Tell your other neighbors, say, don't be nervous. Too, too often when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I think the first thing everyone thinks about is tongues. We see in Acts 2, in Acts 10, in Acts chapter 19, that tongues is a sign and evidence that someone has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues is divine ecstatic utterance. And when someone prays in the Spirit, they pray as the Holy Spirit would have them pray, the perfect will of God. As Jude tells us, we edify and we strengthen and we build ourselves up spiritually. That said, at the age of 41, I have seen believers struggle to receive the fullness of the Spirit, and I think it's because they get so focused on tongues, they're not focused on simply welcoming and receiving the Holy Spirit into their lives. Just as Father God is a person, just as the Lord Jesus Christ is a person, the Holy Spirit is a person. And we are to welcome him into our lives. We are to welcome him into our home. We are to welcome him into our family. Today's message is about the miracle of the Holy Spirit. God in us, at work through us the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told the disciples in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, stay in the city until you have been clothed or endued with power from on high. Jesus told the disciples in John 16, verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus told the disciples, and we have this in John's gospel, that the Holy Spirit would be our helper, our comforter, our counselor, our guide. 
the spirit of truth who would guide us into all truth. John records for us in John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, Jesus said to the disciples, he, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God, he is living water. He is the Ruach, the breath of God. He is the one here with us, helping us, assisting us, leading us, guiding us, and directing us. John tells us that Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, Breathe your, breathe your spirit upon me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus breathe, your breathe your spirit upon me. Upon me. Say it again. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus breathe, your breathe your spirit upon me. See, I think sometimes we get so focused on this or that or maybe what someone else has told us or somebody else's experience, we lose sight of what Jesus did for us and what he has given for us. And we lose sight about the fact that it's about opening our lives and our hearts to the Holy Spirit, our helper, our comforter, our counselor. Now in the book of Acts, we see as you read the book of Acts, you'll see that there was great love and unity in the early church. And there was overwhelming generosity. However, as we, we saw in December, there were also scoundrels like Ananias and Sapphira whom the Lord dealt with and judged. And there were some disagreements, for instance, equal, even, distribution of food to widows in need. And there were challenges. And there was persecution. Stephen had been put to death and Saul, who would later become Paul, Saul was persecuting the church. Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. And Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. All except the apostles were scattered. Jesus had told the disciples that if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. No one wants or desires persecution, but historically, the book of Acts, any time in history you want to look at the last, the last 2,000 years, historically, persecution has always resulted in the growth of the church. Luke tells us in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus had told the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so in Acts chapter 8, we see the beginning stages of the fulfillment of what Jesus said would happen. You know, so often when we read about Abraham's life, or we read through the book of Acts, we think, well, geez, Pentecost happened on Monday, and then all these cool things in Paul's ministry happened four days later. But that's not the case. In Acts chapter 8, we're already about eight years after the day of Pentecost. And Jesus had told them first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
And yet here we are about eight years after Pentecost, and only now do we see the beginning of the fulfillment of what Jesus said would happen. And part of that was persecution, and then being forced to spread out and to be scattered. Verse 1, Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Verse 5, Philip, one of the seven, went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the church faced its first disagreement, Hellenistic Jews complaining that they were being overlooked in the distribution of food to widows, the apostles designated seven young men among them. Stephen was one of them, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith. Philip was one of them to serve in what we would call the ministry of helps. And Peter said that it would not be right for them, the leaders, to neglect the ministry of the word and prayer. Stephen was one of the seven. Philip was one of the seven. Philip, verse 5, went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. Many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in the city. That's revival. And this is what happens when Christ is proclaimed. And then as Jesus told the disciples in Mark 16, God confirms the word. Philip proclaimed Christ, and God confirmed the word with signs following. Verse 9, now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. You know, Paul would later write after his conversion that if we boast, we boast in the Lord. Boasting in self is godless. Boasting in self is selfish. And boasting in self is an antichrist spirit. Philip proclaimed the Christ. Simon proclaimed himself. He boasted that he was someone great and that all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is the divine power. This man is known as the great power. They followed, verse 11, Simon, because he amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. He followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a part of the finished work of Christ. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a gift it is a blessing, it is a benefit that belongs to every believer. 
it is a part of the salvation package of benefits that belongs to every Christian. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a covenant right and privilege that belongs to every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was not just for the Jewish Christians living in Jerusalem. The people in Samaria had heard Philip preach. They saw the signs and wonders. They believed, and then they were baptized in water, as every believer should be. Acts 8, verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. They arrived, verse 15, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. This baptism of the Spirit, what Jesus calls the promise of the Spirit, it is a gift. It is a benefit. It is a blessing that belongs to every believer. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached in Acts 2, 38 and 39, he told the crowd, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift. Why don't we say that? Say, it's a gift. It's a gift. He said, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise. So it's a gift and it is a promise that belongs to every believer. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, to every believer who has professed faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why on that day, Peter proclaimed, quoting the prophet Joel, that it was for the young, the old, men, women. Verse 39, the promise is for you and your children for all, for all, for all, for all. So the religious idea, or the denominational idea that that was for then, but not today, it's wrong. The religious or denominational idea that this is for those in full-time ministry and no one else, it is wrong. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. For every believer, not just for the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, but for the believers in Samaria. Yes, when someone is saved or born again, they can ask then to be filled with the Spirit on the same day, at the same time. But how do we know a believer does not automatically receive the fullness of the Spirit when they are saved? It's by what we plainly see in the book of Acts. Acts 8, verse 16 because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. We see the same thing in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. Now this is much, much later. Paul was traveling. He was not persecuting anymore, but he was building up the church. He was traveling. He arrived in Ephesus where there was already a church established, and he talked to the elders, the leaders of the church, and they told Paul, Acts 19, verse 2, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And sadly, that is true for too many believers. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a blessing. It is a benefit. It is a covenant right that belongs to every Christian. As Peter preached, it is a gift 
and it is a promise. It is a gift, and it is a promise. And so what we ought to do is say, Holy Spirit of God, you are welcome in my life. Holy Spirit of God, you are welcome in my home. Holy Spirit of God, you are welcome in my family. You're welcome in my marriage. You're welcome in my finances. Holy Spirit, abide in me and abide with us and abide with our family and abide with our church family. Now, I know, I know, I know. If you've been in the Christian world for a while, we've all seen this or that online. We've all heard this or that. We've all known some kooky Christian who told us some strange dream or prophecy they had. I, I get it. I understand. I've grown up with this my, my whole life. Focus not on those things. Focus on the gift and the promise. He is the Holy Spirit. And so we, we open up our lives to him. We open up our hearts to him. And we invite him in, in his fullness. Acts 8, verse 15, when Peter and John arrived, they prayed for the believers in Samaria. They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name, into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, how can a believer receive the Holy Spirit? In this instance, in Acts chapter 8, the believers received as Peter and John laid their hands upon them. Jesus taught that we could also receive the Holy Spirit simply by praying in faith. In Luke 11, verse 13, Jesus said, If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we ask and we receive. We seek, we find, we knock, and the door is opened. As Jesus said, we ask, and it is given unto us. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So to receive the Holy Spirit, a believer could have hands laid upon them, or as Jesus taught, they could simply pray and ask in faith. Now you may wonder, is Austin going to lay hands on anybody today? And, and, and no, I'm not. Because last Sunday, we had Vision Sunday. Pastors Gene and Sue and Jessica and I, we, we laid hands on everyone. So not going to do that again today. You can simply pray and ask in faith. And I also have another reason. Because I prayed about it, and I have thought about it. And I want you to know, it's the Lord. So whether... At a quiet time this week, when it's cold outside, you have your quiet time with the Lord, you pray and ask, or maybe later in the week when things thaw out and you're on your way to work. Now, you got to be careful asking on your way to work, because, you know, if you sense the presence of God, you, you got you to gotta stay focused on your driving. I want you to know, it's not of man, but of God. John the Baptist proclaimed, said, after me will come one whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So it is a wonderful thing when a believer says, Lord Jesus, baptize me 
with your spirit. Lord Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Whether hands are laid upon someone or whether a believer simply prays and asks in faith, how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or any other good thing from God? It is by faith. By faith, by faith, by faith. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. You cannot earn or buy or purchase the gift of God. Verse 18 here in Acts chapter 8, Acts 8 verse 18. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Here's some money. Give me this ability. You cannot impart what you do not have. And you can also not buy what is freely given. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 10, verse 8, freely you have received, freely give. Peter and John could impart the Holy Spirit because they had received the fullness of the Spirit. They had been clothed with power from on high. Simon, given his background, he wrongly believed that he could buy this gift. He wrongly believed that he could buy the ability to lay hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. Simon thought he, can, he could buy what can only be received and imparted by faith. You cannot buy your salvation. You cannot buy your healing. You cannot buy the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 8, for it is by grace. Why don't we say that? Say, it is by grace. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Say that, say through faith. Can't buy it. You cannot earn it. It's all right, y'all are preaching with me. You cannot deserve it. It is a gift and it is a promise. And that is true of our salvation but it is also true of the complete work of Christ. Our healing, our deliverance, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. It's a gift, it's a promise, not by works. Someone might think, and they would be wrong. If I could just pray enough, if I could just fast enough, God will give me this gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't buy it. You can't merit it. That's not how we receive it. It is by faith. And it is a gift. And Jesus said, if you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You might say, Austin, it can't be that easy. It is. See, when a, a believer tarries, and they, they get into that kind of talk, well, I've been tearing and I've been waiting. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. He's here. He's here with us. You don't have to wait another day. You don't have to tarry another day. 
You don't have to pray so many days or pray so many hours or fast so many days or fast so many hours. You can ask in faith. We receive by faith. It is by grace. It is a gift, not by works. Simon thought he could buy what can only be received and imparted by faith. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, by faith I receive your spirit. Say, Heavenly Father, by faith I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Simon thought he could buy that. You can't. It's a gift freely given to every child of God. Verse 20, Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps, <laughs> Peter's tough, perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. When they had testified and proclaimed the word of the Lord, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Again, what Jesus said would happen was beginning to be fulfilled. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. This gift belongs to every believer. If you're saved, if you're born again, how, how do we receive this precious gift, this baptism of fire? the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, as we see in Acts chapter 8, hands can be laid upon you, but as our Lord taught, you can also pray and ask in faith. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. It is. And again, as I said, you know, sometimes we try and do everything in one service and we sabotage ourselves. For some of you, you've heard about this many times. For some of you, it's the first time hearing what the word says about this. And so the word has to be planted and then maybe the word has to be, be watered. We sabotage ourselves when we try and do everything in one service and we say, well, Holy Spirit, you got 40 minutes. Let's make it happen. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And so we hear, and that word we hear again, and it's watered, and it's, it's cultivated. And a believer comes to the point where, where they're ready, and they're willing. And they open their lives and their heart, and they say, Lord, I'm ready. Father, as Jesus taught, I ask you to fill me with your spirit. I ask you for the baptism of the spirit. It is the Lord Jesus Christ himself who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3, verse 11, John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He, who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I was just a little guy. My parents were in Tulsa for one of Kenneth Hagin's 
meetings, whether camp meeting or winter Bible seminar. I was in the children's services. I remember like it was yesterday. If any of you ever saw Gospel Bill back in the day, I remember Ken Blunt who played Nicodemus on the Gospel Bill show. I remember Ken Blunt praying with me to receive the Holy Spirit. Pastor Sue received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in her room after she had given her life to the Lord watching Billy Graham on television. We ask and we receive. We seek and we find. We knock and the door is open. And it is not men who distribute this gift. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who baptizes the sons and daughters of Almighty God. John said he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Say, Lord Jesus, baptize me with your spirit. We receive this precious gift by faith. You cannot earn it, cannot buy it with money. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And we receive any good thing from God by faith. We're saved by faith. We're set free by faith. We're healed by faith. And we also receive this promise and this gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. This is what Paul wrote about in Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Galatians 3, beginning in verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard. See, it's by faith. So the word is preached, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And how do we receive? Paul tells him by believing what we hear. Consider Abraham, he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe, why don't we say this? I believe. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. We sometimes sabotage ourselves. Well, I got to pray more. I got to fast more. I got to do more of this. You know, have I done this right? Have I done that right? You know, and people get all cogitated and have trouble receiving from God. We receive by faith. So you do as Jesus said. Father, I ask you for your spirit. You might say, it can't be that easy. It is because it's by grace and it's by faith, and it is a gift, and it is a promise. Verse 12, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree, 
He redeemed us in order the blessing, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith, so that by faith, so that by faith, why don't we say, say it's by faith. So maybe you come from a back, you, you've done this, you've tried that, you've done these five things, you've done these 10 things, you, you, you prayed so long, you, you fasted, did all, did all of that. You say, Austin, it doesn't it work. That's right, it doesn't, because it's by faith. So that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Paul reminded the believers in Galatia that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith believing what they heard. And that God then worked the gifts among them by them believing what they heard. Faith comes by hearing, and we receive by faith. He redeemed us, verse 14, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Faith is the currency of God's kingdom. And it's how we receive any good thing from God, not by earning it, not by deserving it, not as Simon thought, by buying it, not by tearing or waiting enough hours or days or, or begging or pleading. We receive by faith. We're saved by faith. We're set free by faith. We're healed by faith. And we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. And yes, hands can be laid upon someone as we see in Acts chapter eight, but any believer, any believer can also do as Jesus taught and can simply pray and ask in faith. Luke 11 verse 13, Jesus said, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Say this, say, Heavenly Father, fill me with your Spirit. Heavenly Father, baptize me with your Spirit. Heavenly Father, I believe I receive the promise of the Spirit. Now, if you're sincere about that, He hears, He answers. And you might this week wonder, well, why is his voice louder and his voice stronger? Why is his leading hand stronger? Because our heavenly father, he hears and he answers us. Maybe you have struggled with this and maybe you have struggled to receive because you have been focused on this or that. Set those things aside. It is about opening our lives to the fullness of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our helper, our comforter, our counselor, our guide, who leads and guides us into all truth, to green pastures, to still waters. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and have heard me preach about a benefit, a gift, that belongs to every believer in Christ. You might say, Austin, I, I, I'm not qualified because I have never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. There are blessings and there are benefits that belong to every child of God. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one. Healing's another. Blessing is another. But the, the benefits are for the family. And first, you have to be a part of the family of God. This world we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that's sufficient, that you'll be in heaven someday. Friends, that's a lie. The Bible says we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. To be right with God, to be a part of the family of God, to have heaven as your home, you must give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never done that, but I want to. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand where I'll see it, and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. You might also be here today and say, Austin, I, I prayed that way in the past. I gave my life to the Lord, but you're, you're under conviction this morning. You just tell me. You haven't really lived for God. You've been living for self. You've been doing your own thing. Maybe like Simon, you, you've misunderstood some things and you've tried to do it by money or power or other ways. And you have reached the end of what you can do. Friend, it is by the grace of God. It is a gift. It is by faith. But I bring you good news. God is gracious. God is merciful. The Bible says that he will restore the years the locusts have eaten. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today and say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make sure I'm right with God before I leave the day. That's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Give everyone just a moment. You might be watching or listening online now or later and say, Austin, pray with me. Pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Set me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. And I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your healing power. And I thank you for the fullness of the Spirit of God that belongs to me and every believer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed now or later, we wanna be a blessing. Go to the website. There's a short form you can fill out and we'll send you a Bible. We'll also send you a copy of pastor's book, God's Very Own Child. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you. See, I said don't be nervous in the service, but I don't think some of you really believe me until the end, amen? But we at Faith Christian Center, we are people of the word. And so someone might say, well, Austin, have you seen this or heard about this or that? But at the end of the day, we're always gonna go back to the Bible and we'll say, what does the Bible say? 
as the children sing, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. And everything we do and the way we, in which we do everything is based on the Word of God. Amen.